Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. We have three people sitting in chairs all holding coffee cups. And I promise I don't know what they've got. I actually do have coffee. Um, Me too. In my cup. What are you drinking? Coffee. coffee. You got coffee? Coffee. So it really is what I tell you yeah, over coffee. I know sure. you've got your coffee so that you can join in. But today I am going to spend a couple of moments just talking to Pastor Jeremy and Ms. Corey about just kind of their hearts, some history, tell some stories. And then Pastor Jeremy is going to share where we're kind of headed as a church. But you really did pick a great day to be here on Vision Sunday. So let's jump in. We'll give the first question to Ms. Corey. Let okay. her start us off right. So Corey... You said that you have five kids. Now, y'all really only have four kids. You have yeah. Cooper, Branson, Tucker, and Kinley. But you said for many years, yeah, you have five kids and that the Canton Church is your fifth child. Yeah. What do you love most about our church? Oh, my goodness. That's like naming all the things I love about our children. <laughs> it's next to impossible. You know, each of our kids have very uh, distinct and unique personalities. So you often hear your kids say, they're your favorite or they're your favorite. But no, they're really not. They're all equally my favorite. But they have such unique personalities that there are distinct and unique things that I love about each of them. So if I was telling you about Cooper, I would tell you the things that I love about him and about Branson. And so when I'm talking about Canton Church, there are some amazing churches in this community, but there are some very specific things that make up the personality of Canton Church that I could really go on all day about those things. You know, I always try to evaluate in my head. If Jeremy wasn't pastoring Canton Church and our family just attended a church, would we attend Canton Church? Good. And I feel like through that, I would always say yes, absolutely. And for so many reasons, one, I think the, the main thing would be the authenticity of this place. Yeah. We're just a bunch of real people in pursuit of a real God. You know, we come in with our imperfections and we're, we don't have it all together, but to the best of our ability, we're pursuing a, a real God who desires us. And so I love our authenticity. And then you can't say you love a church because it's, it's a building. It's the people that make up the church. That's and so right. really at the heart of all of this thing is you all, and it's, what, it's, it's you all who make this place what it is. And so if I'm saying what I love most about Canton Church, among all of the many things, the number one at the list has to be the people that make this place up. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, first off, glad that you'd attend here. If you was, I would. Staff. I would that's come here. Sign. That's a good <laughs> sign. I think it's you know it's one of the things that I've always loved that you've said is you've always said even about your like your kids. I don't just love you. I like you. Yeah. And I think that's so true about you and your story about this place. Like y'all talk about how much you like being here. You know, I woke. Yeah. I got here this morning. About 7 a.m. and I walked into your office and Kenley's asleep on the couch with pillow, with blanket. Like, your kids live here. Yeah, oftentimes, more times than, than it's probably fair, is um, the conference table becomes our dining room table for our family. Uh, the seats that you all are sitting in, all four of our children at different times have slept there through the night. It has been their bed. Um, we love this place. And, yeah. and I think it's fair for me to even say uh, our four children love this good. place. And yeah. so we're thankful for it. That's great. That's great. Pastor Jeremy, yep. looking back over the history of our church, about eight years-ish, yeah. but over the history of the church, what have been some of the most pivotal moments that have led us to where we are now? You know, we started as a campus of Mount Perrin North. I, I, that was our, our origin. We were launched out of that church, which is about 20 or 25 minutes um, south of here. And uh, so I, I think the first moment, the pivot moment, 
was like June the 24th, 2011. That was the day that Pastor Mark Walker, who was the senior pastor there, and I sat together on a stage like this at that location and announced that we were going to open this campus. Um, and so that day was a pivotal moment for us because a bunch of people said, hey, I think I want to be a part of that. Um, so that was exciting. And then our first preview service, we were meeting in Sequoia High School, so we needed to kind of practice setting it up and tearing it down and having church. And so we had three preview services in the fall of 2011. The first of those was October the 8th. And I say, I've said this a good bit, but I remember that first worship song of that very first service. It was the song God is Able, which is by Hillsong Worship. And I remember them, I was sitting in the equivalent of that room. I was sitting like right here on the front row. And I remember as that song was being sung, thinking I knew what that meant. Um, God is able, but now looking back over the last eight years, just recognizing that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all what we could ask or imagine, yeah. and that's crazy because we were asking him for a lot of things, and we were imagining a lot of what, uh, what could be, and God has continued to exceed um, those things. So that was a big moment. Our first service, January the 8th, 2012, that was a big day. That first Easter was a big Sunday, our first like big crowd, uh, that was a big day. Uh, and then I think as we then transitioned in 2015 to begin to look at this space here, but move in January 17th, 2016, that was a big day moving into this space. And then we eventually expanded the space. And then the first Sunday of August 2017, we separated from Mount Perrin North. Both of the campuses were at a place in our, in our health that we felt like, hey, this is the best decision for both campuses. And so we disengaged was what we called it, but they planted us as an autonomous church. And that was a really pivotal day. And then we announced a few weeks ago, but I think the next pivot point uh, is the expansion of our church into the downstairs, uh, Sear, former Sears space. Uh, and I think that's just a big pivot point for our church. Referencing the downstairs space as one of the pivotal moments in our church. How does acquiring the additional space downstairs, how does that set us up as a, for the future of our church? Yeah, you know, it's more than just square footage. Like, it will take us from 12,000 to 24,000 square feet. So we'll essentially double our, our footprint. Um, but even beyond that, I think what it does is it continues to be like the unfolding of God's story here. I mean, we were talking about that earlier in, in the prayer moment. That wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to like segue to this moment. I promise that was like what the Lord was doing in that moment. And this is, I think, what he's doing now. But the idea that that, that is just a next step for God in, in the story that he's writing here. And what we have said over and over and over again is God... When we moved into this space, or when we moved into Sequoia even, and then when we moved in here and then expanded this space, and now to take this step, it's like, God, we will create empty space, and we're asking you to fill it. Okay. Um, and so every time we've done that, God has filled that space. And so we're thankful for that, the, the ability for us to increase our capacity. Um, and that's really what it's about, because there are still lost people who need to come and find life in Jesus Christ, and we want to be a part of that solution. Not the solution, but a part of that solution here in our community with other uh, life-giving churches. And then, two, what it does is it um, not only creates new auditorium and, and lobby space downstairs and on the front side of the building, but it also, as we connect the units together, it allows us to give uh, an expanded kids' ministry space on Sunday morning. Uh, it also allows us to give a more intentional, dedicated space to youth on Wednesday nights. And so it really sets up well for, for people of all generations to be able to use the space um, to connect to what God is doing here. Yeah. It's going to be super cool once it's finished and how everything's going to tie in. Stairs and yeah. elevators and big lobby downstairs, yeah. Yeah. bigger auditorium downstairs. This becoming kid space is going to be such a yeah. cool space really cool. for them. But Corey, you know, one, like if you're sitting in this room, like how is this going to affect you? And then kind of what are the next couple of months going to look like as we cut holes in the floor and create dust? What's that going to look like? Well, I told Jeremy the other day, 
he was talking about change, and I said, I really like change. Why do you keep saying I don't like change? I like change as long as it doesn't affect me. Like, I like it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, and so there is going to be a lot that changes. One of the things I was told this week is that I'm losing my seat. You know, like four years I've sat in that seat. I'm losing my seat. And so I think that there's a lot going to, to change. And um, soon you'll see, uh, the reason I'm losing my seat is soon you'll see an, a wall come in where those two poles are at. Uh, to create room for the elevator, and they'll talk all about that later. Uh, but I think in all of it, I mean, it's so exciting. With change is so much excitement. I think for me, always, in any situation, when you're thinking about change, is to keep proper perspective. You know, the idea that I'm losing my seat or that I might have to sit beside somebody that I don't know or that it's going to be a little more cramped uh, isn't necessarily something that I'm super excited about. But if I think about the, the big picture that all of this really is so that more people who don't know Jesus walk through the doors right. of, of this place, then it makes it okay. The change right. is worth it. And then soon enough, we'll be downstairs and it'll be okay. So I think for me, it's just remembering the big picture that uh, it's not about me anyway and that we really do everything that we do so that more people can fall in love with Jesus. And so if, if that's just being a little uncomfortable, that's okay. But soon there's going to be a lot change. You'll see the lobby change. You'll see in here change. And then soon enough, you'll get to go downstairs and see all the things that are taking place in there. And so we're so excited you're on this journey with us. Yeah. There's a whole group of people sitting on that side that are sweating. I know. Don't be mad at me. You're going to have to move. I'm mad too. For yeah. four years or three years or two three years, years or one yeah. year. And like, I always sit here. It's like when you're in school. Like they don't even assign seats. You're sitting the same desk. Every yeah. single day, and everything's yeah. going to kind of get mixed up. And yeah, it's crazy. and that's you know I think a lot of people are like Corey. A lot of people like change until they have to change, right? <laughs> um, I was picking on her the other day, but I mean it's true. But I, I think what's important for us to recognize is that we need to view the next few weeks and the next few months kind of like um, pregnancy. Now I've never been pregnant. Um, <laughs> it's been a stressful season, and I've discovered that I'm a stress eater. Um, Corey and I have discovered that in seasons of high stress, I eat more and she eats less. So looking at us, we've been stressed our whole lives, evidently. <laughs> um, but no, over the last few weeks and months as we've prepared for this, like I've been stress eating a little bit. And I remembered the four pregnancies that we have had. Um, Corey kind of walking that journey and me walking beside her and trying to sympathy eat along with her, you know. Um, but I, even though I've never been pregnant, I recognize that in the midst of pregnancy, like not every day is awesome right? I mean, the idea that there are some days when you feel sick, and some days you have no energy, and some days, like, things aren't just awesome, but in the midst of all of that not awesomeness, you remember that what this is producing is a child, and, and, and an addition to our family, and God, God is birthing something in and through you, and so I think for us as a church family, if we can recognize that this process over the next few weeks and months is kind of the birthing process where God is going to deliver something new to us as a church and to our community, then it helps us to understand our role a little bit better because not every day will be awesome but at the end of this process it will be incredible and that's exciting for me and, and, and I wanted us to share a little bit about yeah what we love and where we're at and what this is going to look like but I also just wanted to share my heart and, and, and our heart um, for some things that God has been doing if you've been around here any length of time you've heard me say something like what an incredible season it is to be at Canton Church that's not to make the focus about our church but just so you know, if you don't have the full picture, what God is up to here. Uh, you know, for me to, to see that, um, about 80 or 90% of churches in the United States are plateaued or in decline. 
And uh, those that are growing are growing on average by 2 to 3%. And our church is actually growing at about 15 to 20%, which is unbelievable. Um, and so I wanted to kind of show you, because any given Sunday that you show up um, in, like, a, a specific service time, you only see, like, one-ninth to one-tenth of our church family. And you go, how, how's that? We don't have 10 services uh, because it's not evenly distributed. And I don't know if you know this. I know you go to church every Sunday, but a lot of people are going to church maybe one to two times per month on average. And so for us, we have to track not just church attendance, but also church engagement. And so we do that through our database that we have um, that helps us to serve people better. And so one of the ways that we track that is through a metric that we call just activity. And so activity is, is measured in one of about five or six ways. If you attend and fill out a guest card, um, if you give, if you attend a group, if you register for an event, if you check a child in, if you serve uh, in any way, then those things are tracked in our database. And so let me just give you a snapshot that over the last six months at our church, that number on the far right there underneath the pie chart is that almost 1,200 people are active in our church over the last six months. And you go, oh my goodness, that's crazy. I think you're a liar. Well, you're a liar. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so 1,200 people over the last six months have done those six things. They've served, they've given, they've attended a group, they've attended a, an event, they've checked someone into our, our kids' ministry or youth ministry, or they've filled out a card. And you go, well, okay, maybe that's, you know, like a lot of people way back there. What about more recently? Well, over the last three months, that number is right at 900. And over the last one month, that number is about 600. And so we're seeing that even if you sit in a room like this, that even just over the last four weeks or so, that number is probably four or five times larger than what you may see with your eyes in the service that you attend on any given right. Sunday. So any given Sunday, we've got like maybe 20%, 25% of our church family in the building across our three services. And then in your service, it may be like a tenth of the church family that's in that service. And so as, the only reason I tell you that is because as we move into this expanded space, we're trying to create more capacity to serve more people so that as people come and as God is filling empty space, that there is room for them to be served. And so we're going to do that through this expanded space, this, this new renovated space. Uh, and so I wanted to show you kind of what that looks like. If you'll show just the layout of the new space, if you don't have a background in architecture or a general contractor or something, you may not know what you're looking at. But for the most part, at the top up here of this drawing, in this spot here, this is the main entrance to the old Sears. And you would be walking into predominantly uh, a lobby that's about two or three times the size of our current lobby. Thank God for that. Um, it will also include um, some restrooms with more stalls than we have right now. Can I get an amen from the ladies in the house? Uh, it's going to also include in that part of the unit. That was a louder amen than I thought. That was, that was a, evidently a larger issue than I even thought. Um, <laughs> stairs and elevator that will join the two units. We'll talk about that in a second. And then an auditorium that will seat for between 350 and 400 people, which is exciting for us to consider. Um, that elevator and staircase will join the two levels together, and it will live, it will reside pretty much right behind that screen on that hallway that exists back there. That's why just a minute ago we were talking about the fact that that well has to move into these poles. So we lose this entire side of the auditorium, and then that will be the hallway where the elevator and staircase opens up to this level for families to come up where their kids are or to park up here, drop their kids off, and then go down to the worship space where they will participate during their service. And so that's kind of how this space will, will lay out. This space here will be dedicated to kids' ministry, um, our grade school ministry. It'll be a more intentional, strategic space for our youth ministry on Wednesday nights. And so we're really excited about how all that will play out. 
Um, and so as we, as we look at that, we go, okay, so what does that look like? I know a natural uh, question for you is how much is it going to cost? Right? And so for us to do all the renovations downstairs in pretty much that empty space and then to renovate the space upstairs to accommodate our family ministries, the elevator, the staircase, those kind of things, and then really to duplicate most all of our media needs downstairs because most of it has to stay up here for kids' ministry and what they're going to do and for youth ministry on Wednesday nights, um, the total cost for us is going to be about $750,000. We have a pretty good idea of that cost, not just through the contractor and the discussions with them, but we've already built out in this building twice. We built out the initial 9000 square feet. We expanded into 12,000 square feet uh, just a couple years ago, and then God continued to fill that up. And so $750,000 is what our cost will be for both the downstairs unit of 12,000 square feet and then the renovations necessary upstairs to retrofit that space. And so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, then how are we going to raise $750,000? Well, the good news is we don't have to raise all $750,000. God in his providence and his provision towards us has continued to go before us. We're going to talk about some of that in a few minutes. But as a part of that, we had earlier this year a pledged gift of $300,000 to our church. And that's just a pledge. It's not cash in hand. It's, it's doing what we're going to ask you to do, to trust God for a specific amount of money, for a specific purpose. And so this family said, hey, we want to pledge a gift to the church. As God opens that opportunity for us to realize some income, we're going to give that to the church to use however you choose. And we believe this is the way that God was providing for part of this project. And so we say, okay, if God has gone before us, and if that pledge becomes realized in the, in the form of $300,000, then together as a church family, we come together to say, okay, now we need to raise an additional $450,000 to build out all 12,000 square feet downstairs and then the renovations upstairs to make ministry happen here at Canton Church. And so let me just show you this giving ladder, this this place that you can kind of look at and go, okay, how am I going to participate? Because in just a little while, I am going to ask you to make a pledge. I am going to ask you over the next 24 months, so two years time, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider how you and your family can participate. So as I look at this chart, you see the number of donors at each level along the left side. So one donation of 300,000, you can see how that breaks down yearly, monthly, and weekly over the course of these two years. Then one donor at 75,000, two at 375, three at 25,000, four at 15,000, eight at 10,000, 10 at 5,000, 12 at 2,500, and 55 donors of $1,000. And I realize as you look at that, some of that may seem overwhelming to you. For others of you, you may lock in on a certain spot and go, yeah, that's what I want to give. I'm going to trust God for. I'm believing God for. And, and, and if you're looking at this chart and you're saying, like, I know you already said you've got a $300,000 pledge, but I feel like I'm supposed to give $300,000. Talk to me after this. I'll help you learn how to spell $300,000. Um, no, but if you say, hey, I, I think I've got a spot that I'm... I'm going to trust God for. That's all a pledge is. It's trusting God for a specific amount, for a specific purpose over a specific period of time. You say, yeah, yeah. Well, when I did that, when I looked at this, I thought, yeah, this is a number that I feel like Corey and I can give over the two years as we trust God. And then I felt the Lord kind of prompt in my heart, take a step up. Sacrificially trust me for more so that you can watch me provide for you. And so I'm asking you to do the same thing. If there was a number that jumped off the screen to you, Maybe take a step up and go, hey, this is, this is what we're going to trust God for. And in a few minutes, we'll give you the opportunity to respond to see how you can participate along with our church family. And if you say, well, I'm not a part of this church family. I'm not talking about membership. I'm just saying, like, you're still checking us out. You're still new here. There's no obligation for you to be a part of it. But if you have decided that this is your church home, this is the place that you're connected, this is the place that you're plugged in, 
I'm asking you to participate on some level. There is no gift too small. There's no gift too large. There's no pledge amount that's dishonoring to God as you trust him to provide in this season. And so I'm asking you, if you call this your church home, to be a part of this process in some way. So that's the renovation. That's exciting. So, okay, well, then what's next? Well, earlier this summer, we saw that banner going out of business down front. And so we were like, okay, let's go look at the space. And so one day we came back from lunch. We saw the space. I've told this before. But Corey was a little nervous walking through the space, so she acted like she was looking at refrigerators. But I was walking around like, could this be the church? And I really felt like that over that time period, even though as we were sketching it out, drawing it out, what it could be, and praying about it over the next few days, waiting on the landlord to reach out to us, that we really felt the Lord kind of put a pause on that for us. And so when the landlord called on that Monday, and we talked on the phone, he said, hey, I want to talk to you about leasing the space. And I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm not interested. I said, it doesn't make sense for us as a church to put all the money that it would take to renovate the space and to pay the rent money downstairs and upstairs for the next few years, and then at some point still have to do something permanent for our church. We still have to build or buy or whatever. And so I said, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in leasing the space. I'll tell you, though, that I am interested in pursuing the option to buy the building. And he was like, well, uh, uh, we, don't, we don't sell the building. We're a holdings company. We lease buildings. We don't sell buildings. And I was like, well, that's fine. But we're not going to lease the space without the option to buy. We just don't feel like that's what the Lord's leading us to do. It's not good stewardship. It's not just wisdom. And so we're just, we're just not interested. And so he said, well, let me, let me think about it. Let me talk to my partners. And so he did, and he called us back. And then through some conversations with our trustees who provide some financial oversight for our church and through the landlord and his partners, we began to negotiate, and we came to an option where in our contract now, not only do we have the new lease space, but we now have an option to purchase this entire facility six months sooner than the end of our current lease for a fixed price. And I'm really excited because I think what that does is it gives us a pathway towards permanence as a church. Can we just thank God for that? Absolutely. What it does is it gives us the opportunity to say, hey, we're not just leasing space. We're not just throwing money into renovation. We are now creating space that will be what we believe our long-term home. And so we intend to purchase the building when that option comes available in a few years. And so that fixed price is $3.9 million. And maybe you go, well, I don't have 3.9. If you do, I would love to talk to you after <laughs> the service. I can help you spell 300,000. But you say 3.9, I don't, I don't have that amount of money. I, I understand that. And so for us as a church, we go, okay, well, do our finances, do they, do they have that? We have a very healthy financial picture. God's continued to bless. Our budget, income-wise, has grown 16% and then 28% and then almost 29% year over year. And so we're thankful for that, your faithfulness and God's provision for our church. But as we consider the purchase option, it occurs to me that, again, God has gone before us. That in the fall of 2014, before we ever knew anything about this building and before we ever knew anything about the possibility of purchasing this building, uh, I was talking to some business people in the community about different pieces of property I'd been looking at as we were still meeting in Sequoia High School. I was looking at land and buildings and old church buildings and all kinds of stuff, probably 60 or 70 different uh, places. And it was in that season that as I talked to a business owner one day, uh, I said, hey, I've got a piece of property I want to come show you. And he was like, yeah, I've got a piece I want to show you. So he said, come Friday, bring Pastor Mark, who was the senior pastor of Mount Perry. And said, bring him with you. So we went. I showed him my piece. He was like, yeah, that's nice. Let me show you my piece. And so he rolled out this big piece of paper. And I thought, man, that's a lot of property. That's bigger than anything we've been looking at. But maybe it's just zoomed in or something, you know. And, and so he was like, you like it? I was like, oh, man, it looks great. He was like, let's go drive it. So we went and drove it, and it was big. It was 40 acres. And I was like, oh, that's so much bigger than anything we've looked at. He's like, yeah, but do you like it? I was like, yeah, I think you're going to love it. What are you going to do with it? He's like, well, I've got it under contract for $1.1 million. 
He said, but the Lord, during devotions this week, led me to give this property to you, the church. $1.1 million worth of property we never paid a penny for. And so God provided for us. I went up onto that property the Saturday night before I announced it to the church, and I took a shovel, and I dug up some dirt. And that Sunday morning, I gave everybody in the church a, a Ziploc bag filled with dirt, and I made this statement. Where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. Yesterday, somebody dropped off a gift to my house that had that same phrase on it. Where God guides, he provides. And here's the amazing thing. Sometimes we don't even know where God's guiding or we don't even know how God is providing. But God knew. Since that time, that property value has increased from $1 million to over $2 million. And our intent is to sell that property to take our proceeds and put them towards the uh, purchase of this facility. And before we even knew this facility was an option, God was providing an asset for us to consider so that we would have the funds to begin the process of purchasing a home we didn't know anything about. Where God guides, he provides. And so as we talk about renovation, we talk about a pledged gift in advance, we talk about purchase, we talk about a pledged gift in advance, and we just didn't even realize what God was fully up to. And so as I think about that, I think, thank you, God, that there is a pathway towards permanence. And that really helped to unlock something in me because I remember in the spring of 2017, as we were moving towards the fall, we knew that the plan was for us to disengage from Mount Perrin North, to, to be planted as an autonomous church. And so Corey and I were driving in the car one day, and we were trying to really seek uh, the wisdom of God about what is the heart of this place? What has it always been, and what is it as we move forward? And we believe that the Lord gave to us this idea that we exist because generations matter. And because generations matter for us, it was about the idea that, that, that you have faith or you're exploring faith or you're pursuing faith. And as you do so, it's not just for you. It's so that you can hand off faith, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, for you, for your children, and your children's children. And it said that you would drink from wells you didn't dig, which we for sure have. It says that you would eat from vineyards you didn't plant, which we for sure have. And so we recognize that our heart is for generations. And we knew that at some point God had placed in our heart that we would replicate the process that had delivered us to Canton. That we would launch campuses or locations of our present ministry once the door came available for us to do so. Once God opened up the opportunity for us to pursue it. Once we were autonomous. Once we had uh, the, the, the people in place. Once we had the financial provision in place. That we would pursue replicating ourselves just as we had done into new communities. And we, we draw that from the idea found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that you will be my witnesses. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, which is exciting. That's awesome. But as we thought more and more about that, and we thought our heart is for generations and for families and for households, you know, our Jerusalem is Canton. But ultimately what we realized is that we had jumped a step ahead that perhaps it was that our heart was for families and generations and homes and that Canton was our Jerusalem, but Canton wasn't our identity. It was just the first rung of the concentric circles of where God was going to take and expand what he was doing here. And so as we started praying about that this summer, as God began to create this pathway towards permanence for our church, we recognized that now with that pathway towards permanence, that God was beginning to open up the opportunity for us to dream some new dreams about multiple locations of this place. 
And so as we thought about it, as we prayed about it, as we dreamed about it, we believed with all of our heart, even though there's a lot of transition, even though there's a lot of things happening, that now is the time to make sure that our identity is founded in what our heart really is so that as we expand the ministry of this place into new communities, that our heart truly reflects what God is trying to do. So throw this map up here, guys. For so long, our heart has been centered around that red bubble, that red dot. That we were Canton Church, and that's where we were called. And it is where we're called, but it's not only where we're called. And so my view had to expand, and I'm hopeful that your view can expand too, that where God could take and take this heart for generations of families into new communities, that even with incredible churches in our community, the current statistics tell us that on any given Sunday, 84% of people in our county are not in church. People are far from God, not in life-giving relationships. Families are hurting. Families are broken. And we want to be a part of the solution, not the solution, but a part of it. And so as we expand our view and our vision of what God's calling us to, I want to announce to you that we're going to change the name of our church. No longer will we be Canton Church, but this place will be the first of, it will be the Canton location of Generations Church. And I'm super excited about that because I believe it reflects the heart of what's always been here, what's always existed here. This is not some kind of humongous leap towards something that's out of left field. This is the heart of this place and what God has always been doing. And as we see that, we can't wait to see how God will take it and further it and expand it into other places. And so here's what we know. We know with any change, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's bittersweet for us. We love the identity of Canton Church. It's been the heart. It's the Canton campus, and then it was Canton Church. It just made sense for us. But ultimately, as we say, okay, and in this first ring, God is doing something here, and now we go to our Judea and our Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This past summer, as all of this was taking place, we already had some of the negotiations in place. We had already started to talk to the trustees about where this would land financially and try to use wisdom to make good decisions. I was at an event with some of our young people, and a man called me up and prayed for me and prayed over me and then spoke very specifically and prophetically towards me and our church. And in summary, a part of what he said is, God, don't let them be afraid. Don't let them get bogged down in indecision and the fear of change and help them to, to risk through you all that you're calling them to and let them go to the north, the south, the east, and to the west. It was around that time in my Bible reading program that I came to Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3. This is the voice translation. This is what it says. Enlarge your house. You're going to need a bigger place. Don't underestimate the amount of room that you'll need, so build, build, build. Interestingly, this is the third build here in this building. <laughs> you will increase in every direction to fill the world. Your offspring will take over the nations, and your people will revitalize long-abandoned towns. That's the voice translation. My favorite translation of Scripture is the English Standard Version, and it says this. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring or your generations will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Our heart for generations is that every home will be filled with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then out of those homes will come ministry in Canton and the surrounding cities and the surrounding communities that God has continued to expand our vision and our heart for. And so I can't tell you every place where we'll go. I believe I can probably tell you maybe the first three places. But there are places that I drive, and as I'm driving down the road, I get a burden in my heart for that place. I get a burden for the families and the homes of that community 
And I say, God, I know there's incredible churches here, and we're not coming to be the answer. We're just coming to join with all these other churches to point people to you so that marriages can be saved and son and daughters can come home and moms and dads can be reunited and generations can be affected with the life-giving faith of Jesus Christ. And that's our heart. And so we move down and we renovate a space and eventually we purchase the whole building and maybe realize income from existing renters or maybe use some of that space for additional ministry as we continue to grow. And then we multiply from this place into new cities and new communities and desolate towns and we do so as Generations Church. It won't take place immediately. Next Sunday, you're still going to attend Canton Church. But in a few weeks, as the signs on the building change and all the things around you begin to change, we'll transition from Canton Church to Generations Church. We'll let you know it's coming. But that's our heart. That's where we're headed. That's what God's been doing. And I believe with all of my heart that God's been setting this thing up the whole time. I'm going to ask you to bow your head just for a minute as we pray. God, I thank you for your heart for us and your heart for our community. God, I thank you that you are exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine, more than we can fathom doing things that we never even thought possible. And yet I'm taken back to that first song of that first service that you are able. And God, I thank you that where you guide, you also provide, that you go before us, you are our provision, and so, God, we just, we don't get ahead of you. We're not chasing our own dreams and our own ambitions. We are only following your presence to the places that you take us. And so we create more empty space, and we ask you, God, to fill it with more people who need to know you. And so, God, I'm asking you to help us to trust you more than we ever have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga. 